welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey, detailers, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. What you're going to hear today is an interview that I had with Mark from Firehouse. We are starting a new series with Mark called Entrepreneurial Detailing. So we're going to pretty much dissect Mark's story for a little while, look at how he got started, why he got started. When you listen, apologies on the audio on my side, it, it gets a little rough, but if you listen to Mark, you kind of start figuring out, uh, you know, he didn't just go do training. He didn't just go do this. He he actually went and listened to this guy. Then he went and met this person. And then he tried to figure out if he could do this. And then he went to go do that. Like, so his journey as a detailer has been figuring things out, right? That's why we say there's not a blueprint. That's why there's not a class that you can take to tell you how to be a business owner. A lot of it is the skill set, the mindset of going and figuring things out, meeting people, networking, and uh, having community. (laughs) Hey, anyway, hope you enjoy this episode and learn from Mark as we continue to digest his journey as an entrepreneurial detailer. Welcome to a first edition with Mark from Firehouse on entrepreneurial detailing. All right, so this series uh, I'm really excited about to be able to plug in chocolate thunder mindset. How do you grow a business from starting as a detailer? So, Mark, give everybody a little bit of background, people that uh, a lot of people know you, um, but you know, a little bit about on who you are, how you got started, all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, Mark Elliott, a lot of people know me. Um, company name is uh, Firehouse Auto Spa. Um, we got started back, I mean, I've been detailing for years. Uh, started out as just doing, you know, family member stuff. Um, and then kind of started a smaller business. But I, don't, I, I wouldn't say I was detailing back then. I just say I was washing cars. But it was a good hobby. Yeah. I made a little extra money um, and then um, kind of got into some other businesses. I went into construction for a little bit and then um, the market took a crash and I went back to detailing. So, um, so yeah, so um, what right now, huh? what's that? What year was that? Uh, so I started doing construction in oh, late 04 and probably stopped doing that until 09. And 09 is when I got hired on with the city of Jacksonville Fire Department. Um, so, yeah. And that's when you got back into detailing? Yeah. Um, the market was, uh, wasn't was doing good. I mean, construction was going, you know, the housing boom came. Um, I was in a position where I didn't owe anybody money. Nobody owed me money. It was either, you know, I could walk away. Um, you know, with some good money in the bank and, and not really have to worry about owning anybody any money. Um, 
So, I mean, I felt like that was the best time to leave, leave that business um, and get back to what I, what I wanted to really had a passion for, which is detailing. Um, so, you know, um, I already had a van that we had already, we had a, I had a couple vans, but uh, I had kept one of my vans and then uh, just really just turned that into a mobile rig and started detailing again. Well, started car washing again. Um, so, okay, you know, way. yeah. So, and, you know, making good money, you know, I remember back then I was, you know, if I did $150, $200 a day, I was happy with that. You know, that was, that was a good day. I mean, if you multiply that, you know, um, and calculate that, you know, if you're working every day or even if you're just working, you know, uh, 20, 25 days out of the month, that's good money. But, um, yeah. I've seen that there, there, I've seen that there was a need, you know, to, I seen there was a gap in there and I can make more money, but I, I just kind of, uh, felt like I needed a little bit more skill set and, and really need to start taking the business serious. So, um, right, so you got in it as a mobile. And so you said you already yeah. had a van. So really ease of entry back to the business. What all did you put into that van? Do you remember how much you spent? Oh man, not even a lot of, I probably spent maybe two grand to outfit the van. Yeah. And you know, put a water tank in there, um, get a pressure washer, get me some chemicals to get me started. I don't even think I spent that honestly. I probably spent maybe a thousand, between a thousand and fifteen hundred. It, it wasn't much, you know, because I still have my same mindset from when I used to do it. Um, and then, you know, you know, I just realized, I, like, I, like I was saying earlier, I found out that, you know, I realized that I could make a lot more money if I really treated this like a business and not not a hobby. So. Uh, you know, I went, I met a, met a guy that did a mobile body repair, a guy named Tony. And he, uh, he, he just asked me out of the blue one day, Hey man, you ever heard of mobile tech expo? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And uh, he's like, well, I'm going, man. And I'd love for you to go with me. And then, uh, the rest is history, man. I started, you know, I'm always good at networking with people and, um, you know, picking people's brains as far as just trying to learn. Um, and I wasn't really worried about the expo, honestly. I was worried about more worried about what can I learn from other people in the industry. Um, and I wasn't going after you know big name people because I didn't know who was big name and who was a big name. I just knew these people detail cars, and I want to detail cars, and I want to get better at it. So what can I learn from from them? Um, so you know, went to my first Mobile Tech Expo in. 2010. Yeah, I went to the first expo in 2010. And then um, I took a little bit of, I took a Rennie Doyle's training in 2011. I signed up in 2010, but it was booked out until 2011. So actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take that back. I trained in 2012 um, when I, when I trained with Rennie. So, so yeah. Right. And my, cool. first, my first expo was actually 2011. So not 2010. Cool. So, uh, how much time in between getting that van and meeting the mobile dip repair? Tony. Um, I met Tony probably about six to probably eight months in to getting that van together. And what I did was, um, you know, I just was marketing to like, I was marketing to anybody that I felt like I could make money off of. So I was going, I, you know, I was going to office parks. I would go in, I would, Tell somebody how to say, hey, you know, I'm willing to wash your car for free today. Um, I was, if you know, I was just doing everything I could uh, to to just get my name out there, um, 
and 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 be relevant in my in my area. So, and then you know, like I said, I met the right people. Um, took some training, and I think the training I already knew what I was doing, but I think the training just kind of gave me more confidence. Because um, I used to always be the guy that knew somebody that could do something. You know, you know, you know a guy that could do you can buff this out. Yeah, I know a guy. You know a guy that get this scratch out? I can't, but I know a guy. You know a guy that could do rim repair? I can't, but I know a guy. And then I got to the point where I felt like I was making I know a guy's all this money, and I could just keep it in house. So, so yeah. All right. So, uh, do you think those early six months? What was the most important thing that you probably did? Do you think it was the networking and and meeting everybody? Do you think it was the hustle out, you know, making sure the cars were most amazing. What do you think, you know, those first six yeah. months really? I think the first six months really was, uh, sorry, somebody just tried to call me. Hang on. Let me uh, put my phone on. Do not disturb. All right. So I think the first six months, um, the main, main, the, the most important thing to me was building a brand. Um, really just putting my footprint in the market. And, you know, I wasn't trying to go, because Jacksonville is a huge city, and I wasn't trying to put my foot in the market everywhere because that would just take too much time. But I just focused on one general area, and I said, if I could dominate this area and just get, you know, X amount of customers in this one area, then the rest will, you know, they'll start talking, and they might know somebody else on the other side of town, and then eventually I'll work my way over there. But I just basically focused on um, marketing in one general area. I think I had like two or three office parks, but they were in one area. And I just stayed in those office parks or stayed in that area, and I just was relevant. I was consistent. Um, you know, my van, you know, I didn't have it wrapped like I have my nice wrap now on my vans. But I think I was just very consistent, and, you know, I made sure that, you know, I had a, you know, a company shirt. I made sure I had business cards. They weren't the best business cards, but it was a way for me to introduce myself to a future customer. And, um, you know, I just focused on one area. And then, you know, it just spread like wildfire. wildfire. So, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So, I also started as a mobile guy uh, just with a trailer and I uh, had it on the the back of a, a Zuzu rodeo and I pulled a single axle trailer with a, a big water tank and a power washer. Uh, we also did a lot of office park. Um, you know, is that a direction that you think that uh, is a very prime candidate for guys to go focus I do. on early in? I do. I do. Um, I mean, I made a lot of money. I'm actually about to start focusing more back on to my roots and go to office parks for my mobile guys because it's just you got a mass amount of people in one location so you can go out there instead of having to do you know 10 different appointments at you know different areas and wasting time driving you can get 10 cars in one area and then you know we used to focus on getting one contact person in that office park and we would say hey look you 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 market this for us you go out uh you know try to recruit some people and then in return you know we might give you a free wax or we might even do yours for free but, you know, so we would have one person and, and they call us on Friday and say, hey, look, man, you're not going to bleed us, but I got 10 cars for you, you know, uh, next week. And, you know, it was just, it, it just made it, you know, a lot easier and, and, and I could focus on that area. So I, I say office parks yep. is, is a very profitable. Yeah, we, um, 
we started, I think how we got into office complexes, I just showed up at what was called Ultimate Electronics. Uh, knew a guy who worked there and he had talked to the manager and he's like, yeah, you can come wash cars. And we just put up one of those like Walmart tents, you know, and put up a banner mm-hmm. and out there cleaning cars while people were going in to shop. Right. We just happened to meet somebody whose husband also was the CEO of Sitka, you know, had us come then clean his cars. And that's when it was like, oh, wait, we can let somebody else in this complex know that we'll be here on a certain date and a certain time and they can go to our website and sign up. And it really paved a way for getting what you're saying, to focus your day on one and you can just more maximize the day instead of driving around as much. We right, found that right. to be very beneficial. Yeah, yeah, um, we did too. So you went out hustling, got up some accounts. Uh, then you meet Tony. Uh, was that about a year later? You go to Mobile Tech, or how long? How long later? Um, you you I say so. There? Yeah, I say about a year into it. You know, I just, you know, like I said, I was doing okay money, but I just felt like there was more to this. And you know, I I, I was never a guy that was like on YouTube or look. I never even really looked at detailing like outside of just when I, when I, you know, I wash cars, I go home, focus on the business a little bit, go to sleep, come home, wash cars. You know what I mean? So, you know, I didn't know what, I didn't know it was as, 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 as broad as it was. I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't know it was that broad. And then, you know, like I said, I started meeting people and I was like, man, there's really more to this. And, you know, I'm a go getter. So if you show me there's more, I'm a go get it. So, but yeah, so it was about a year. Um, a year later, I, I kind of met Tony. We actually went to two things. He took me to uh, SEM, which SEM, they do uh, like, uh, they have like a leather repair class and, and interior coating class, because that's what he did. He does interior repairs, bumpers, and dent removal, but he's on, he has a van, I mean a trailer. So first thing he invited me to was a SIM training up in South Carolina, and I went with him to that. And we had a good time. Then he was like, man, you know, mobile tech will be coming up next. So then we went to mobile tech and, um, you know, you know, like I said, the rest is history, you know, and that was about a year later. And then I met, uh, I met a couple other people there and some guy said, Hey man, you ever heard of Rennie Doyle? I was like, I don't know who that is. He was like, well, I'm going to a training, man. And if you go with me, we could probably get a deal because, uh, we can go together. And I was like, all right, well, sign me up, man. If you want me to go and, you know, so I went out there, did that training, and uh, you oh, know, yeah. met met Rennie, and just started meeting more people, meeting more people, and just learning from everybody. So that's awesome. Uh, in those first six months and stuff before Tony, did when did you bring on? Were you running it all by yourself? Did you have? Uh, oh yeah. No, nah, it was it was just me. Yeah, it was just me. I was just you know doing it by myself. Um, just making it work. Yeah, it was just me by myself. When do you bring on your first team member? Um, when I started feeling like a span of control, like I couldn't really, when I felt like I was making enough money to pay someone, um, I brought on one of my guys that actually used to work for me in construction. He actually reached out to me and said, hey, man, you know, I know you're detailing. Do you need any part-time help? So I said, man, you know what? I do. And um, I brought him on, like, uh, he would work nights at uh, Applebee's. Brought him on, um, and uh, 
he would work for me during the day. But the thing was, I brought him, brought him on part time. So every time I hire somebody, I hire him on part time because I want you, to, I want, I want them to feel like they can earn a position with us. I don't want everybody to come in with the entitlement type deal. So, um, you know, I hired him on part time. I think he worked like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, um, and he worked like six hours a day or something like that. He was getting like twenty to twenty five hours a week working part time. And it worked out, you know, and then finally it came a point where I needed a full time. And I was like, hey, man, we tired of, uh, you know, dropping mozzarella sticks. You know, you want to detail full time. I can I can pay you. And he was like, yeah, man, I hate working in the kitchen. So he came on full time. So, yeah. That's cool. All right. So you go out to training. Um, your mind gets blown and you immediately do what? Um, maybe come back and, and start trying to just execute what I learned. Um, you know, I, I no longer had to be the guy who knew somebody that did something, you know. Uh, can you get that scratch out? You know what? I can, you know. Can you do this? You're right. You know, can you do headlight restoration? Yep, I can do it, you know. So I started I started going after stuff like that. Like, I, w I remember I, w I went to a couple of dealerships and I said, Hey, you know, I'll give you a deal on restoring the headlights for you. And I didn't even want to do detailing. All I wanted to do was headlight restoration. And, you know, in, in my mind, it was training to me, but they didn't know I just learned how to do it. And in their mind, I'm providing a service to them. So the thing I was getting out of it is I can get better at doing headlights on their used cars and make money off of it. And they, they don't have to worry about getting their headlights restored. So I went to a few dealerships and I, I picked up like some headlight restoration accounts and um you know started you know doing stuff like that then i picked up some some scratch removal you know for dealerships um and these were just small used dealerships they were no not like nothing big you know not any big dealerships uh, just small mom and pop you know i walk on the car lot say hey can i speak to the owner and um you know show them what i could do and how long did how'd that go how long did you do that um it went good but i just felt like once i got good at it that you know um I could just use that skill set somewhere else. So, you know, and, and, and incorporate it into my business because, man, they weren't paying me much to do it. And I, and, and I wasn't there. I mean, of course I'm there to make money, but I was there to get good at it. And the only way I knew I could get good at it is to do it. So I had to take a step back and say, okay, normally if I would charge, let's just throw a number out there, 150 or whatever. I can't charge these guys that, you know, they might call me for five sets of headlights and I might just say, man, just give me 50 bucks a piece or, or whatever, you know, for each set or something. But the, the point is, I got good at it, you know. Um, and then it came a point to where, you know, you might raise your, your, your prices a little bit or you tell them, hey, look, I'm going to have to raise my prices. And they're either going to say, you can keep doing them or we don't want you to do them anymore. So, but the, the, the best thing you got out of it is you got good at it. So, um, and that's what I did. You know, I just, just started trying to use everything I learned and, and, and figuring out where I could put that skill set. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I would love later in our next episode to dive further into your story and how you continue to grow. I think this yeah. is a, a really great uh, first entry into people starting to understand uh, how you got started. And the very cool yeah. thing to, to gather is, you know, didn't throw in a bunch on a bunch of crazy stuff, right? You already used a used van. You didn't even, yeah. you, you, you came in and very easy entry level cost and then just worked, right? Like you said, you yep. got up, you went down places, you came home, worked a little more, you went to bed, 
And, but basically, those first months, it's nothing but go out and work, work, yeah. work, try and yeah. find as you can, wherever you can. And then another thing, too, that I think uh, I should really pick up on is in entrepreneurship, in growing your business, network is very, very, very important. If you're an ass, well, it just makes it a lot harder. <laughs> if yeah, you're a nice yeah. guy that gets along with people and doesn't always just try and take from people, but you give and it's a mutual relationship, boy, that's a big way for business owners, entrepreneurs, young guys to really grow their business. You later went and got training, but it wasn't the very important step. It was first to work and then to build relationships. Those two things right there are massive. Massive yeah. for young people to really learn. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Mark, thank you so much for your time. I know no you problem, just playing. I know you oh, got yeah. a, another. Uh, so, we will get further into your story and dissect the mind of the chocolate thunder from, <laughs> from here on out whenever we can. So, I know you got a, a, lot, of, a lot going on. We'll take uh, 10 to 15 minutes of your time whenever we can. But yeah. if people want to look up on social, where do they find you? Uh, you can check us out on Instagram. Just uh, search for Firehouse Auto Spa. Um, and the same thing actually on Facebook. Um, just, you know, do a search under Firehouse Auto Spa. We also have a website. Um, it's Firehouse Auto Spa Jax, J-A-X.com. Um, and we've actually got something going with our mobile, which we'll dive into, uh, you know, a little bit more into these series. Um, we've created a separate website, um, and we're going subscription based on our mobile so we can have residual income. Um, and we got a separate website for that, which is Firehouse Auto Spa Jacks Mobile.com. So, um, so yeah, Ooh. that's awesome. Yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff to dive into all the different things that you do, and I think there'll be a guys that get a lot of benefit from it. So, man, thank you so much for your time today, and we, we no look problem, forward man. to catching up with you. All right, bro. Thanks, bro. Yo. Hey, tellers, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Oh, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. You know what else you're going to enjoy? If you like cold beer and community, then you're going to enjoy the Zoom Virtual Pub. Yes, Zoom Virtual Pub meeting ID every Wednesday at 730 Central. Hop on to Zoom, use meeting ID 918-800-1188. Hey, come have a beer wherever you're at. It's literally like you're just drinking a beer with other detailers. So wherever you're at, hop into Zoom, whether that's on your phone, laptop, whatever. Drink cold beer with detailers from around the country. It's a great time. It's a community Zoom virtual pub Wednesday, 730 Central meeting ID 918-800-1188 and I will see you there. <laughs>